Welcome to Live Boldly with Sarah Shulton Kranz, a survivor, thriver, adventurer, and believer in all things possible. My mission is to guide others to live their life boldly, regardless of circumstances. I believe we all have the power to overcome and lead joy-filled, happy lives. Recorded from the trail or in my office, I share inspiring stories from everyday people because we all deserve to be heard. You will also hear from handpicked professionals ready to guide you beside me. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey everyone, it is mid-February. I cannot believe, where is this year going? I have so many updates to give you. So let's start with the business front. Um, We had an incredible marketing team meeting this morning with Harper Horizon, the division of HarperCollins that will be publishing my book. Um, The book launch and release was set to be on November 3rd. However, we will all be voting that day in the elections. And so we have pushed the launch and release date out to November 10th. If you have not gone into my website yet, sarahsholtonkranz.com, and subscribe to my newsletter, please do so as soon as possible so that you can be in the know about book launches, speaking engagements, where to go to get your book signed, and also an upcoming, which I'm super excited about, monthly membership that will begin in January of 2021. So please go subscribe to my newsletter so that I can, when I'm throwing these emails out to everybody, I can keep you in the know as well. Uh, In terms of our personal life here on the home front, what has been going on? So, you know, our dog passed away on December 25th. It was tragic, so sad. And um, his name was Barkley. And then not long after that, we got a phone call from a neighbor who asked if we would be willing to foster a dog that escaped the garage of a home he had been um, forced to live in. He, about 10 years old, his name is Bailey. And Bailey, unfortunately, um, has not been treated that well, and he had a very big benign cyst on his leg that had grown up into its buttocks and stomach area. It had not been taken care of. This was on the back right leg. There was another smaller one on his back left. Um, I agreed to bring this dog in uh, with my son's okay, and the both of them. And um, so we've been fostering this dog, and then we took him to the vet, the neighbors and I, all of us, and we found out that poor Bailey had to have a partial leg amputation because of... um, this benign cyst that had grown and was neglected and had not been taken care of. So Bailey had his partial amputation last Thursday. Um, He is such a remarkable dog, you guys. We decided to actually keep him. Um, He is the epitome of a resilient animal that has so much uh, survivor in his heart and soul. So my boys and I have embraced this dog. We love this dog. He is getting around beautifully. If you would like to follow his journey, it is um, he has his own Instagram page, Bailey underscore the underscore miracle underscore dog. So go ahead, follow him on Instagram. Um, I also post some pictures on my page and in my stories. I just want to remind everybody to please take care of your animals. Please take care of one another. If you see something, say something. And I'm just going to leave it at that. So regarding my next uh, podcast, I am so excited about bringing in Alex Wehrle. 
Um, Alex is uh, just a remarkable woman. She is a national TV host, a producer, the CEO of Empowerista. I've actually been on Empowerista, so that was really cool. It's a media company empowering women through storytelling. You may have seen Alex hosting shows like the Miss USA telecast, E! News Now, and ABC Red Carpets. Today, you can see her interviewing female entrepreneurs on the national multimedia show Business Rockstars, which I've been on, and on her own local LA TV show named after her company, Empowerista. When Alex is not on camera, she's likely producing videos for Empowerista and other female-centric brands. In 2016, her entrepreneurial journey earned her a spot on LA Business Journal's 20 in their 20s list. This woman is remarkable. Um, She is also a graduate of UW-Madison, same as me. I have had so much fun being on the other side where she interviewed me. And so this time I actually got to interview her. I am so excited for you guys to curl up with your cup of tea, cup of coffee, cup of joe, whatever, your uh, journal, your pen, and enjoy this podcast with Alex. She is a remarkable woman, you guys, and you're going to learn a lot. So enjoy. I have on my episode today, Alex Gurley. She's a TV host and producer of Empowerista. And girl, you are amazing. I freaking have loved um, getting to know you over the years. I was on your TV show twice now, so I'm super excited to have you here on my podcast, Live Boldly. And one of the things that I really wanted to talk to you about was, um, first of all, how you got into the work that you do, because you empower women, and you have been for a very long time. And I know when I was on your show, um, I could feel your energy in person, and you're just a beautiful soul. And so I'd like you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, well, first of all, thank you so much for the kind words. Oh, Feeling like they're so mutual. You truly, and I'm not even just saying this because I'm on your show, but you truly have been one of my favorite guests because oh. my favorite guests are guests that are vulnerable and that just fearlessly share their story and can share their transformation. And you are just the epitome of that. You are just such a beautiful soul. So that is why I had you on a second time and we'll have you on a third, fourth, as many I times. I love it. <laughs> but um, so anyways, just had to say that. But as far as my story goes, um, you're absolutely right that today I empower women, but it really started with storytelling. Mm. So right out of college, I was in broadcast journalism. So I was a morning news anchor and went to that whole traditional route where I worked in a small market, Rockford, Illinois, then a medium market, Oklahoma City, Dallas, and ended up in Los Angeles. So in Los Angeles, I was doing um, national entertainment TV hosting. And, you know, my Instagram would have said that I made it, right? Like I was hosting big shows like the Miss USA telecast and ABC red carpets. Um, But there were actually lulls in between these really big shows because I was booking like gig by gig where, you know, in uh, local television where I first started out, you had a full-time job. But once I got to LA, it was gig to gig and there were these lulls in between and nobody from the outside would know this, you know, again, according to my Instagram, I had made it. Right. (laughs) Um, right. Yeah. Things aren't always how they appear. Right. So um, in between, I was just feeling unfulfilled. I was feeling unfulfilled one by the stories that I was telling. I 
really got sick of telling entertainment news stories. I started to feel like, gosh, talking about what they're wearing or who they're dating does not feel like a story that I want to be telling every single day. Um, and then on top of it, I felt like I wasn't really using my skill set of storytelling during these lull periods. So thanks to the power of social media and digital, I also had this aha moment of anybody can be a storyteller. That's the beautiful thing about social media and, and digital media in general is it really democratizes storytelling. Mm -hmm. You didn't have to be sitting in this big fancy studio in order to tell a story. Anybody can tell a story. So I decided I was going to start my own blog and I was going to start my own Instagram page and just start telling stories that felt good to me. And those stories ended up being empowering stories. So mm -hmm. I would feature different celebrities sometimes or influential women um, for the impact that they were making, for the barriers that they were breaking, you know, stories that actually felt meaningful to me that would inspire, educate, and empower other women. And it caught on and it just kind of evolved and grew from there. So today, Empowerista is a media company and we have our podcast Empower our TV show Empowerista, and then we all also um, help our clients, fellow female entrepreneurs, create content as well. And really the goal at the end of the day is to help women to show up, be seen, take action on their goals so they can create a life and business that they find fulfilling. Okay. That's amazing. That's so Thank incredible. I didn't, I didn't even know the backstory of that. I didn't realize all that whole backstory of that. And isn't it interesting though, how an Instagram page does reflect in a way of which you, you only see the outward appearance and you don't realize all the stuff that happens behind it. A hundred percent. And you know, it's, it's a hard balance as somebody creating content too, right? We, we want to position ourselves in a place in a marketplace um, to, you know, it's a powerful tool for branding, right? So back right. in posting days, of course, I'm going to position myself as a successful TV host because that's going to get me more hosting jobs. I'm not going to post like, oh, I haven't worked in two weeks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's not going to help my goals, right? right? So there is definitely a time and place to curate what we put out into the world. But the other side of that coin is that as we're building communities and audiences as business owners, our audience craves authenticity and yes. realness. And so as an entrepreneur, now that I'm more in charge of my brand, I do try and weave in the personable and vulnerable sides of my journey because it is relatable and it, and it connects with people and it not only helps others connect with me, but then I connect with so many people that I find in my digital corner of the world. And I think it's a really, really great way to, to build a brand built on authenticity authenticity. Well, the new thing, I don't even know if I would call it new, but the, the thing that um, I've been hearing a lot is about storytelling. You know, storytelling is, I mean, this is not anything new. We've been storytelling for, you know, gosh, ever since I think the first person that was here, it was just like, they, that's how people learn um, and, and, and weave their stories down from generation to generation to generation. But I know for me, storytelling is something that has been so important my entire life. 
I mean, I remember when I was a little girl having these stories that I would start, you know, kind of like playing in my head or make believing with dolls or whatever it was. And it's awesome because now today I get to actually use it, all of the content and all of what I've learned even as a little girl today, right? In my own work. And it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's, um, and I think that the most important thing also, I don't know about for you, but for me has been just playing with it and trusting yourself and being able to be vulnerable and authentic and not, not um, feeling, uh, beating yourself up or being ashamed if you feel like you do something wrong or you said the wrong thing or anything like that, because it's, it's, um, we do enough of that, you know? And so it's pretty, it's pretty cool to be able to do this work. Yeah, absolutely. You know, our entire life is really a story and the narrative that we give it is really how it shapes our experience and how we see ourselves, how we see others. And so I think we have an opportunity to shape our narrative, to see ourselves the way we want to see ourselves, to support the goals that we want to accomplish in this world. And, and similarly with others, I think it's an opportunity to be more compassionate and empathetic for others when we shape our narrative about others' experiences or, or, or really understand their experience and their true story. You know, storytelling is just such a powerful way to connect. Yeah, it is. And it's, for me, I know, um, just even going back home, I was just home for a funeral of my uncle and just being back there and being able to still um, dive into the family stories and going back and and really looking at and, and listening to all of the things that um, they experienced as kids down on the farm. You know, you're a Wisconsin girl. I'm a Wisconsin girl. <laughs> we love our Wisconsin roots and um, family, but family was deeply rooted in stories and, and passing them on from, from generation to generation. Did you have the same in your family? You know, yeah, yes and no. I, I mean, I'll answer it this way. I feel like when I look back on my own childhood, I look back on my fond memories and think of them through stories. I feel like that is a really, really big thing. Like that is how we process our childhood. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the way we shape that narrative of our childhood will determine whether or not we think of our childhood fondly or not. Yeah. So let me, let's dive into empowering women. Ah, oh, that's so much fun. <laughs> that's a great topic, right? I know, right? It's just like empowering women. I mean, I... I love, you know, when I first started my business, um, truthfully, it was more about women. I thought, okay, I'm going to be here for women. And then I had so many men that were saying, hey, wait, what about us? Like, we, we need the same thing. We need nature healing and we need, you know, trauma therapy and we need all the coaching. And I, so that's why I branched out and now run my retreats for both women. Some are just women and some are men and women. Um, I have run them actually for just men as well. Tell me about how did you get into like truly like what was the what was the seedling what was the moment where you when I, I mean you 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 told us about the past with with um, how you got into actually creating this but what was that moment of I I'm here like I want to be here I want to lead my purpose through empowering women you know I can't I can't say that there was like a precise moment it was kind of a ton of moments combined. 
Um, one really influential thing is that my mom, you know, my parent, my parents got divorced when I was seven, both are very involved in my life and both are wonderful. Um, but my mom being a single mom, she, uh, was very motivated to start her own consulting business. So not only could she provide for our family, but also so she could have the flexibility. So I always say I kind of had the best of both worlds with my mom where she was, an example of this strong, successful woman, but at the same time, she had this freedom and flexibility that she created through her business model, where she was still very involved and a wonderful mother as well. And so I think she's one of my biggest inspirations for sure. Um, but then, you know, there's just a bunch of different series of events that have you know, I'm a woman, we all experience different things. I think the big thing for me in high school was like the pressure to be so skinny. Um, you know, there's obviously so many different trends throughout anyone's lifetime, lifetime, one decade, it's to be skinny, one decade, it's to be curvy. But I think that that's just one of many examples of pressures that women unfairly face. Um, I think there's so many shoulds that women face, um, so many stereotypes that we experience. So there, there's a lot of things um, that I've experienced that I've seen other women experience. And at the end of the day, like I love my the women in my life and I'm so on fire about accomplishing things in my life that it kind of all came to a head with this time when I was in Los Angeles and starting the blog. And I said, I have to be a voice for this. I have to be a voice for women and just making sure that we are able to create the lives that we want to without these pressures and barriers being put on us. Um, and, you know, with all of that said, I think true empowerment comes from the individual and within and understanding that at the end of the day, despite any um, external circumstances, power starts with us. So that's beautiful. And I a thousand percent agree with you. What was your biggest barrier in um, stepping into your own power and into doing the work that you're doing today? Doubt for sure. Huh. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about that. <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, I think that there, I, I don't know if it's more reality or more my perception of reality, but I think regardless what it is, I have this perception that, okay, people see me as this like cute, young, blonde yeah. that, you know, who, who does she think she is to be doing these big things kind of a thing. And that goes back to storytelling, right? That's a narrative right. that I was telling myself. That's not very helpful. Not only is it not helpful, it's not true. Correct. <laughs> so, um, and so, but with that said, even though I feel like I've done a lot of healing and reframing my mindset around that, it still is something that pops up once in a while, you know, where, where I doubt myself or naturally there's going to be doubters that pop up, you know, from the woodwork once in a while. And, and it's up to us whether or not we believe them, right. And easier said than done to not believe them, but that's the inner work, right. At the end of the day just making sure that we believe in ourselves. Um, and it's been a journey. I feel like I've definitely gotten a lot better and I'm more confident, but doubt is definitely something that pops up still once in a while. Where did that start from? Where did the, where did the doubt come from? Because I'm just going to uh, use myself as an example. 
I had a lot of that. Living out in LA is not easy. It's not an easy place. And and um, I speak very openly about that. I love it here. Don't get me wrong. It's an amazing place to live. And the energy is high vibe. At the same time, coming from, for me, coming from Wisconsin, from a small town, you know, farming community, it was like, okay, this small town girl coming out here and doing these things is not the same as having being somebody that was born and raised here and kind of working their way through and having the connections and doing all of the things. Um, my doubt came from a lot of just even who am I to be coming from the middle of the country and this small little farming community to big city going, Oh my gosh, this is, this is, it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. yeah so did any of that come into play? Yeah. It's interesting that you say that. I think probably what does ring true is not wanting to stand out. Like, I feel like we came from a culture where it's all about being humble and modest. And, um, I actually remember growing up, I modeled as a kid. So I modeled for Bull's department store. Well, so did my son. Oh, really? Like that. Were you guys living in Wisconsin at the time? I feel like we were living in St. Louis at the time, but he did too. Okay. I feel like that's like the Midwest brand to, to, it is. Anyway, so I started when I was nine years old and I would be taken out of school to go do these shoots and, um, and it made me separate from the other kids and it made me stand out because it's like, oh, Alex is going, being taken out of class to go to these modeling shoots. And then I'd be in these catalogs. And like, I remember one time I modeled in a catalog and I was holding a cookie and they called me the cookie model or something like that. And in hindsight, it's like, okay, that's funny and silly and so insignificant. But at the time when you're a nine-year-old girl and you're standing out in a bad way and you're being made fun of for this, I learned very quickly, like, oh, if you want to belong, it's not good to be different. Right. Not good to stand out. And so I did not like that negative attention. And even I would turn down gigs sometimes because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to leave class and call attention to myself. And, um, and, you know, thank goodness I got over that (laughs) because that's no way to live. Um, but I do think that some of that still lives within me today where it's like, oh, don't, don't stand out too much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know for me, it was always leave your ego at the door. That's what I was always, you know, it was just like, leave your ego at the door, stand in, you know, you're a humble human being, which yes, of course, um, and also doing this type of work and having to put yourself out there like this, um, the way that both you and I do different, but same, you still have to step a little bit into that. And so that's been for me, the biggest, um, the biggest piece for that, learning how to do that, even at 40, like learning how to step into that, you know, I'm 46 yeah. now. I've, it's been a process of, of learning how to do that. Well, it's totally totally a journey. And I feel like everything's a continuum, right? It's like right. on on one extreme, you, you doubt yourself on the other extreme, you're so full of yourself, you know, and like to be perfectly in the middle where you're confident yet still humble, I think is a perfect balance that nobody gets right a hundred percent of the time, you know? So that's why life is just one giant practice. And I think the practice is just being aware of where you fall on that continuum and then, Mm -hmm. and trying to get, you know, closer and closer to the middle. 
Yeah, yeah. That's it's. Uh, it's you mentioned healing. What are the things that you've had to um, that you've had to process and heal from to step into all of this? Because I know, like, when you are doing this type of work, you also have to be working on yourself. So, is there anything that you would like to share with our viewers? Getting vulnerable here. Yeah, yeah. So, let's see. I think a big thing for me is like the fear of being lonely, and so I think that's. Um, and the fear of not belonging. So I think for me, like I have this inner nice girl who wants to be seen as like perfect and nice and um, is a people pleaser. Mm. So I think that's been a big thing for me um, and really releasing that need to be liked and seen as nice and seen as perfect and understanding that what's way more important than any um, outside validation is just that inner connection with myself and my higher power. I believe in God and just knowing that I'm divinely connected and here to do that work and, and to be a light in the world and, you know, doesn't absolve me from responsibility. Obviously I'm right. wanting to be a better version of myself every single day and, be an example of love and kindness. Um, but that can also mean boundaries. And it can also mean um, sometimes not being the nice girl and sometimes being messy and imperfect. And so that's definitely something that is an ongoing practice for me. And um, I would say that, you know, tools like doing yoga to be connected and journaling have been really, really helpful. And I'm a big, big proponent of taking action. And I think through the action and through making ourselves uncomfortable, um, that is really, really where a lot of progress happens. So, you know, just using the, the perfectionism example, for example, um, for an instant, um, when it comes to showing up like on camera or on a podcast, we have to be willing to show up in the beginning as a beginner, as mm -hmm. our imperfect self. Um, there's no, there's no, you know, being an expert without going through that process. It's so necessary. So a lot of my healing and, and coming to this has really been through taking action. Yeah. What's the, um, I love asking this question. What is the most, uh, fear what, when you've stood there and you've um, had to face fear, what is the scariest thing you've had to do? Hmm. Um, couple things are coming to, well, a few things are coming to mind. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll rattle off a few. I mean, you tell me which one you want to talk about. I love it. <laughs> um, so I've moved to multiple states by myself. That, that's been a big thing, like completely starting your life over by yourself. Um, another thing that's coming to mind is I had a stalker. So, so what? identifying that, reporting the stalker, that was crazy. And then it sounds like that's the one you want to talk about, but I'll bring Whoa. it up quick. I would say the third one was being live on national television for the Miss USA telecast. Oh, that's good too. That totally. Very scary. So anyways, we can, we can start wherever you'd like. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love them all. I love them all. So, uh, so let's talk, let's actually, let's start with the being live. Um, standing in front of everybody. I know for me, like I've talked about what it was like for me having to stand in front of 
1200 people giving a TED talk and having to memorize it. And I was like, oh my gosh, nobody teaches you how to do this stuff. Yeah. And um, having to be vulnerable and just like, whatever happens, happens, right? Like they don't stop. You don't stop. You just keep going. Wow. So how was that for you? And live TV. Yeah. So I I definitely wasn't new to live TV because my background was in morning news, which was every single day for five, you know, five days a week. Um, but what was so nerve wracking was when I was on this national stage with millions of people watching um, for the very first time, the added pressure of so many people watching. And it's a kind of show that if you flub, it goes viral kind of a thing. And that's like the first thing that pops up in Google when people see your name. Um, so what was that like? It was terrifying. I was so nervous. And of course, there's a degree of nervousness that helps you in public speaking. And then you get past this threshold where it just doesn't help you. It ruins you. (laughs) Um, And I was about an hour to before going live. I was at that point in time where I was so nervous that it was not going to help me. It was going to really, really be to my disadvantage. So I did a bunch of breathing exercises that really, really calmed me down. Like I was actually joking and my mom was like, I think I just got myself high off of breathing because <laughs> I felt so calm and so light. Um, before I went on stage and then, and then, you know, I had like those natural kind of jitters, but other than that, I was a lot calmer. So I, I swear by breathing techniques for sure. Have you ever, um, have you ever stood up there and just had that moment of like, whoa, you know, cause I had that, I had that when I was doing, when I was, like I said, like when I was doing the Ted talk and I stood up there and I was just like this moment of, uh, it's almost like you are completely aligned spirit for me, spirit, soul, you know, you're, 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 you're giving your talk, you're, you're speaking your words, you know, you're giving your uh, most authentic self. And it's almost like a dream. You're, you're standing there and you're like, it's almost like in a dream. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And for me, I had competed on that stage because I was Miss Wisconsin in 2009. So I had competed on that stage in 2009. So then to come back in 2015 and to host the show and to have that full circle moment was very much so surreal where it's like, whoa, this feels so divine. And like, it's not a coincidence, you know, at the time in 2009, when I had competed, that was my goal was to be a TV host. And, and at the time that was the dream, like that was the biggest thing that could potentially happen to me in my future was to come back and host the show. So I love moments like that, where you're like, whoa, this is full circle, pinch me, the, you know, dreams do come true type of a thing. And breathe through it. (laughs) Absolutely. Had I not breathed through it, I swear I probably would have fallen in my five inch heels. (laughs) Have you ever fallen? You've never fallen. I'm not on stage. Thank goodness. I was going to say like, have you ever fallen? Mm -hmm. That was one of my fears. I had my Tamara melons on. I'm walking up there and I'm like, Oh girl, don't fall in these. You know, just because it's, you know, Tamara Mellons are, oof, 
they're not, they're amazing. I mean, they're amazing heels, but at the same time, it's like, they're my red heels. Yeah. It's, it's nerve wracking. It's nerve wracking. Yeah. (laughs) And if I like feel nervous about it, then I can like feel my legs shaking a little bit and that's never a good look. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. So go to the stalker. What was that? What the heck? You had a stalker? Yeah, that, yeah, that was pretty crazy. So I was living in Oklahoma city at the time and working on a talk show And, uh, there was this guy around the same age as me who was known and had been caught, uh, multiple times for stalking TV and radio personalities. And at first he was just coming across like a big fan of the show. So he would tweet us a bunch. And then as you can imagine, you know, part of our role in the show was to interact with viewers. So I was like, okay, here's a super fan, like tweeting him back, like, thanks for watching, you know? And then, um, he started emailing me to the point where it was very apparent, like, this is more than just a super fan. There's something going on here. And so I'm forgetting how I ended communication, but I ended communication. And then he, um, created an email address and identity as somebody else. Oh, and started no. contacting me under the guise of being a volunteer for a nonprofit. And he was trying to get me to volunteer at an event. And um, long story short, I ended up figuring it out before I ever showed up at an event. Um, he did show up in person at our TV station. Our front desk person recognized him. Thank goodness. I reported it. It was reported to the police. Turns out there were a bunch of other women who were experiencing the same thing from the same person. And um, he did he did go to jail and then his parents bailed him out of jail. And it was just kind of this ongoing thing. I actually don't even know, um, you know, where it stands today, but it, it was just a really first of all, very, very scary because you don't scary. know what somebody's capable of. Right. You know, I remember the police saying that they didn't think he was capable of um, ultimately harming us. But at the same time, you know, you don't know what a person is or isn't capable of. So it was super scary. And then it was very unfortunate to, to see somebody who clearly had some serious issues. They weren't getting the proper help that they needed. Right, right. How far in of your, when you were um, doing this talk show, were you new at this or was this like earlier in the years? Or Fairly when, new. This fairly was new? like year three. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Girl, how did that impact you throughout the rest of, for, to where you are today? Uh, you know, I've always kind of been a paranoid person <laughs> uh, when it comes to personal safety. And I would, I would say that that really started for me for um, two different things I can think of. When I was a freshman in college, there was a woman who was raped along the path that I used to walk back oh. to Worms. Um, On Lakeshore then, Drive? Um, it, no, it was... Um, so I was in Lakeshore dorms mm. at UW Madison, yep. and it was not actually like on the lake path. It was on like lit streets. Oh my gosh. To, wow. I mean, and, and not right, right there. She was taken into a car and then right. taken somewhere where she right. was raped. Right. Um, right. 
And then the other thing that happened was my senior year of college, there was a woman a couple blocks away from where I lived um, who was bludgeoned to death. Who oh was my gosh. Murdered by a stranger in her house. So I just personal safety is I obviously yeah. just a very morbid turn in this conversation but those two experiences in college definitely made me for better or worse be a really cautious per- person mm-hmm. and then to experience this situation myself it kind of confirms like yeah you really have to be careful in this right. world so I don't Maybe I have a skewed perception of, of personal safety, but I certainly would rather be on the safer end than, than sorry. So yeah. I, I tend to be somebody who's really cautious about personal safety. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm the same way. Um, having experienced so much of that myself, I'm, I'm a, a, a crazy person when it comes to personal safety. Yeah. <laughs> I've had to be, and um, I'm really good at, if I need to, blocking people. You know, if I feel like a little red flag comes up, let me ask you, what is your intuition? What is your, what is your hit? What's your piece where you, as a woman, where you're like, oh yeah, that, that I know, you know, do you ever, do you have that within you or? Oh yeah. I feel, I feel like I'm pretty intuitive. Um, are you asking how I know? Yeah. How do you know? What's your intuition? What's your hit that comes through? Um, you know, I feel like it's this like feeling like in my heart and like that's through my head. It's just, it's just, I can't really describe it physically, but it's just this knowing this, like this ping that kind of goes off where it's like this knowing of this, this does not feel right. Or this does feel right. You know, sometimes our intuition can guide us to things that are good for us or protect us from things that are not, not good for us. Um, so in the case when it's not good, I usually just get this, this ping in my body where it's like, Ooh, like that's, you know, and I guess it's kind of guttural as, as well, where it's like, Ooh, this is not, this is not right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It I get you? that. No, I get the same. It's um, usually it's in my stomach. Um, I also believe it or not. (laughs) I talk about this in my book. I sometimes get it where it's like, I can feel um, like somebody just beat me over the head with a brick, you know, listen up. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's I've literally like, I've, I've had that where I feel like I can just like somebody just dropped a brick on my head and just went, Hey, you know, you have to listen. Uh, it's that. And then it's also, I just, in my stomach, I just get this pang of, of, and it goes through my entire body where I just go, Oh, okay. Stop. Look, listen, something's wrong here. Something doesn't feel right. Yeah. I think a lot of it is how it sits in my body too. If Mm -hmm. if something is not for my higher good, a lot of times it's, it's heavier. Yes. And then if something is a lot, it usually feels light. Yes. Where it's just like, yeah, this feels, this feels good. I feel light. I feel like I'm at a higher energy, higher vibrancy. If something's sitting in me like really heavy, then I'm, that's usually some kind of indication that I need to at least explore further what that means. Right. It's so important for us as women to listen to ourselves and also taking this a little full circle too, is that um, in doing that, we do empower ourselves. right? Like that's that piece of of empowering yourself. I mean, moving across the country or moving in different states alone, girl, that's like, that's some scary stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So you have to know, you have to have those intuitive hits within you. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because I, think you, I think you bring up a good point where first and foremost, you have to know yourself mm-hmm. in order to know what to take action on and how to empower yourself because success looks differently for every single person. Of course. So you could empower yourself to manifest somebody else's version of success, but what good does that do you? That's not going to fulfill you. Ultimately it's, it's, I think that intuition and that connection with yourself and your higher power, that's going to lead you down the correct path. So you can empower yourself to live the life and build the business. If you're building a business that you really do want to build. Yeah. What's next for you? So I mean, a couple of things. Like you have so many things on the books. Like you've moved, you used to live in LA. Now you live in LA and Wisconsin, which is my dream. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> it's amazing because I would love to be with my family more. Um, what's next for you? Well, the thing that I'm most excited about is definitely the Empowerista podcast. Yeah. So I interview amazing women like you oh, about you. their yeah. entrepreneurial journey. So we really dive into the tips and truths of their story that allowed them to build the business they have today. Mm-hmm. It's both tactical. So we break down the steps that they took to achieve what they achieved, but then also it's story-based as well, because as we mentioned earlier, people connect with stories and I want them to really understand these women's stories. So that's what I'm most excited about. So you can check out the Empowerista podcast everywhere podcasts are found. And then also I just launched a new program. It's called Confidently on Camera. And it's a one-on-one coaching program for any influencers, thought leaders, experts that are wanting to increase their influence and income online. So, you know, video is the best content format to build a relationship with your audience, to establish likability, familiarity, and trust. And now creating video is more accessible than ever because of social media. And a lot of times people think like, oh, do I need a production team? Do I need a big budget to create videos? No, you can literally start with your smartphone. So it's very accessible and it's something that I am starting to coach women on. So they can sign up for a free consultation if they're interested at confidentlyoncamera.com. That's awesome. Yeah. That's fun. That's so Dang. fun. Thanks for asking. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm always curious about that. Okay. Now on the personal end of yourself, yeah. <laughs> let's get back to more, a little bit more um, vulnerable also personally, personally, um, uh, just in your own life, like personally within you, what, um, what's jazzing you up right now and where do you see your 2020 going? I am really on fire right now because I've had a great start to the year with January. I'm doing dry January, so I'm not drinking at all this month. It's not like I was a heavy drinker or anything before, but very much so a social drinker, you know, several drinks per week. And, um, it feels really good to, to not be drinking this month. And there's this whole ripple effect where it's like, okay, now I have more time and energy to work out more. So I've been working out more and, um, going to sleep earlier. And then you have more energy in the morning. So you get an earlier start to working in your business. And so there's this whole ripple effect and, and I'm just feeling really good, just physically feeling really good. So um, I would say wellness is a big theme for me, just really focusing on my physical, mental, and emotional health. 
That's fantastic. That's not easy to do back in Wisconsin, by the way. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. not at all, especially in the winter where it's like, what else do you do but what stay inside and drink? <laughs> I mean, it's like literally, I mean, and you live, you know, in an area that there's a lot of great bars. I was just there recently. I don't know, in the summer, in the summertime. And I was like, dang, they've done a good job here. This is really built up into a lot of fun areas. Yeah, there are a lot of fun areas. There's I mean, a lot of fun definitely areas. a good month for it because there's less social activities. But, um, you know, I'm a little bit of a homebody and I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. You know, I, I am too. I am a thousand percent. I'm the same way. I've become much more of a homebody, believe it or not, even with all of the adventures that I do. When I'm not doing them or traveling, I just love to just be at my house and do my I totally relate because it's like we both get, I travel a lot as well. And it's like, I kind of get my fix of adventure when I'm traveling and out and about. And then Mm -hmm. it's nice that when you are home, like you said, just to kind of hunker down and be a little cozy. (laughs) Yeah. um, I will give you my little secret is everybody on my street and around my street they know I own two robes because that's all I wear, like literally. Oh, and so I'm walking my dog and they're always like, there she is in her red robe today. There's of course, you know, because of the badger color there, there she is in her white robe today. Okay. Like every morning, that. that's I, me. I totally wear my robe longer into the day than I'd like to admit as well. <laughs> walking my dog in my robe, literally at like 11 a.m. Oh my gosh. I love that. Good for you. It's pretty, you know, that's, that, that's, um, it's a little of my Midwest coming out in California. So. <laughs> They're like, that girl is from Wisconsin. Oh, they all know. They, it's, 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 it's a little confusing sometimes because they see me like carrying my board to the beach and you're, I'm in my, you know, my, my bikini. And then they're like, wait, are you from here? Where, like, where, where'd you originate? And like, nope, I'm from the Midwest. So that's yeah. awesome. That's what makes you so cool. Right. Like I you can. It. You can be down to earth and go hang out on a farm and then go catch some waves on the ocean. <laughs> best. It's the best. It makes us unique. These it does. clashes of experiences. I think so. And I, I appreciate that, actually. I really appreciate that. And that's actually what I was completely drawn to you about, too. I thought, geez, you've, there's a very nice, um, you're just a very kind human being. Thank you. And kind human beings, um, I'm drawn to them. You're a very, very kind, beautiful human being. So there you go. Oh, thank you so much. There you go. So with that, um, is there anything else that you would like to tell our listeners today? No, just that I would love to be in touch with you all. So I'm super accessible. If you want to find me on social media, uh, either at Alex Worley and last name spelled W-E-H-R-L-E-Y or at Empowerista, um, Empower plus I-S-T-A. I check my direct messages and would love to connect with you all. Yeah, perfect. And we're going to put all of this into the show notes. Uh, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. And um, we will be touching base again in the future. I know that for sure. Yes. Thank you so much. It has been an honor to be a part of your journey and thank you for being a part of my community. And now I'm so thrilled and honored to be a part of yours. So thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Have a great day. Friends, thank you for listening to the Live Boldly podcast. I am grateful to have you here and I would love to invite you over to sarahschultoncrans.com to grab my free seven steps to a joy-filled life. 
I share these seven steps from my own heart, soul, and experience. These steps transformed my own life from victim to survivor. Also, please, let's all be a ripple effect of change in today's world. I ask of you to please share this podcast with others that may need to be inspired or who need to hear from others going through where they are right now. To grow this podcast, please leave an iTunes review, go to my Instagram or Facebook page, and let me know what you think. I love hearing from each and one of you. I love sharing your thoughts, messages, and inspiring words. Because we are not alone in this world, friends. Let's keep the ripple moving. It begins with each one of us. I love you and have a great remainder of your day. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.